The dawn of civilization. Primitive. Dangerous. Exciting. The handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs... The most civilized caveman I have ever seen. Uh, I've kind of shifted more to um, scotch than beer lately. Okay. I mean, I, uh, a lot so, less calories. <laughs> yeah, well, it's mostly like you know, like, I just don't, I'm sick of the like you know the bloated feeling from drinking beer. Yeah, I mean, you have like a scotch like neat and stuff, and you don't get any of that. Like, I love the you know that first like sip that you have a scotch when it goes down, and you feel that warm feeling down your throat. Yeah, I love that feeling, man. <laughs> it's such a good feeling. Yeah, it's just like well, when it's like um, when it's not. Um, oh. Hello. Hey guys, it's Sean. Hey. Hey, how's up? it going? Going really well. It's uh, absolutely miserable weather. It's just like cold and rainy, but it's you know perfect for listening to my dying bride or something. So there you can't, go. Awesome. Can't complain. <laughs> <laughs> we're um, we're about to you look at you're in um, Indiana, right? I mean Indianapolis. I mean, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I moved here. You know, about like two years ago. And uh, awesome. sort of still getting acclimated from being a, an East Coast, you know, New York guy. So, uh, okay, I, I like it though. Right on. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I moved here from. Oh, I'm in California now, but I moved here from a tropical climate. I was in uh, Northern Queensland in Australia, which was like 85 percent humidity in summer. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. That that that's not for me. Like I, I sweat basically if it's over 60 degrees. So <laughs> Fahrenheit, I guess. I don't know what Celsius is. I've like refused to learn for some reason. I don't know why. We uh, we get we used to get up to 115 Celsius and uh, 115 Fahrenheit in summer, and then like 85 percent humidity. Oh my god, that that just ruined my day just hearing about it. That's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't say I miss it honestly because I used to get up and walk to work because I lived in the city. It was like a 15-minute walk, and by the time I got to the office, I was sweating. I'm like, well, I've been now sitting in an office all day covered in sweat. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, everybody must have, must have loved you there, just like dripping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they were dudes who cycled to work, and like those guys were the most hated people, the dudes who cycled. Oh, yeah. They're just like biking everywhere. But like I'd come into work, and I'd be in the bathroom, and there'd be like a 50, 60-year-old dude just changing out of his Lycra in his underwear. Yeah, <laughs> in the, the men's bathroom, like, dude, I don't, you know that we have like a gym downstairs. You can go change in the locker rooms. They're like, no, it's, I'm cool. <laughs> yeah. like, no, but I'm, I'm not. <laughs> no one else is. <laughs> I, I endeavor to be that like comfortable in my own skin that I can just, you know, 50 years old, just like strip like I'm I'm in a club. Like, uh, oh, you mean like um, the the old guy YMCA locker room confidence. Oh yeah, absolutely. I hope I hope to be that comfortable one day. <laughs> so you know, there's no reason for you to be naked. They're like, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's nice, uh, nice to talk to you guys. Uh, I've been following what you're, uh, what you've been doing. I'm a, a big fan of uh, what you've created in such a short time. It's uh, really impressive. Nice. Thanks, man. That means a lot. We appreciate that. Yeah, because yeah, you guys started in, in June, right? June 2020? Yeah, yeah. We just kicked up um, with COVID with all the free time. I was like, you know, do something productive. That's, that's so cool. You know, I, uh, I, I thought so. I thought it was like a fairly, you know, new endeavor. And, man, you guys have just been knocking it out of the park. So, great work. Thanks, man. 
same with you with your label, dude. I know you're pretty pretty new to the the whole the label, but you guys are killing it. We got some great stuff on your roster already. Yeah, yeah, man. Like, where where did you find uh, Vexing Hex, man? Those guys are so much fun. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, Vexing Hex still is the only band whose uh, submission, uh, you know, was kind of like a blind submission that I accepted. Um, every other every other band I pursued, uh, you know, myself, and uh, yeah, Vexing Hex just blew me away. Um, and uh, you know, I, I, I hear a lot of people compare them to like early Ghost, and you know that, oh, that yeah. certainly certainly makes sense, but. Uh, you know, there's a there's a lot of, a lot going on there with just that kind of theatrical '70s prog, the Blue Oyster Cult sort of thing, the Danzig Crunch, uh-huh. um, and you know they're all you know trained singers too. So those harmonies are just wild. Like that that's what really brought me in is those harmonies, and I was like, God damn! Like I like ugly music, but I also like <laughs> beautiful harmonies like that. So that yeah, uh, that was the clincher. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's just fun. It's just really fun music to listen to. It's like you know, you put it on, you're in a good mood the whole time you listen to it. I'm, I'm so glad. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because uh, you know that's really what my label is supposed to be about, like uh, a sense of fun, even when it's you know music that's kind of like somber, like uh, like Mother of Graves. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's uh, they still bring a, a real exuberance uh, to how they write. And they really revere, you know, all the influences that have helped create their sound, you know, since they were like teenagers just getting into, you know, melodic death doom, like, you know, October Tide and Edge of Sanity and Opeth and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think it's, they got the attention of Dan Swano with their debut release, which is pretty awesome, to be honest. Yeah. You know, that was uh, when I was, First talking to Mother of Graves, they were the first band I signed. Um, okay. And, you know, we were talking about the mastering, and since that was my first album, I did, I kind of did a lot more for their album than I probably mm-hmm. will moving forward because I had to really honor the trust they put in me as a first time, right. you know, fledgling label rep. So uh, I, I kind of put a list together of some really solid names uh, for people to master it. And I, I couldn't believe that I didn't think of Dan like immediately because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, well, you know, he did master those Catatonia albums that you quite obviously love. Uh, yeah. So is that too obvious? You know, and they said, no, like if we can work with him, we should. And it was mm-hmm. really as easy as that, you know, um, it's just like reaching out and he listened and enjoyed it and uh, had a lot of really kind things to say uh, about their music. And um, it, it really just came down to, I think a lot of bands don't really aim high enough, you know, yeah. I, or they'll make assumptions that, you know, Dan, because of his track record, that he's like outside their budget or they're not worthy of his expertise or something like that. Um, so yeah. I, I think my job partially is, uh, you know, as the label runner is to, to push people and to encourage people to like aim higher. Uh, right. You know, especially for like bands in Indiana, because you know part of the flyover states that kind of get ignored. You know, as people right. are traveling to Chicago or Detroit, you kind of just like skip by it. Um, 
But, uh, but yeah, that's been one really fun thing is like, well, why not these bands and why not here and why not now? And that's kind of the whole, you know, impetus for starting wise blood and, uh, in the beginning. There's like a, I think you're definitely right about the bands not aiming high enough. Cause there's a lot of those dudes out there who are really big, you know, industry names who take interest in, you know, really small bands and artists cause they, they, they like the music and they like to get back. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember which member is one of the guys from Conan does a ton of mixing and mastering. Oh, Chris for Dude and Stone yeah. About. Yes. That's the one. Yeah. 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 He, he helps so many tiny bands that no one's heard of. I would love to work with Chris too. You know, um, that that's like a, it's almost like I want to challenge him almost with a like a non doom band and like see him have fun you know like I, I know he's done other stuff um, but it, it would just be really fun to see him transform you know another genre or something um, mm-hmm. you know but you're right I mean there's uh, you know Trevor from Black Dahlia uh, always kind of showcases you know smaller death metal bands that he's enjoying, you know, Max Caballera is always, you know, looking for, uh, kind of younger bands that he can, that he can help, you know, shine a yeah. sort of spotlight on. Um, so I love that element of the sort of like pay it forward, uh, in, yeah. in metal. And, and also people forget that it's still heavy metal. It's still pretty niche. So like Dan Swano is like huge for us, but it's not like, you know, he's, you know, a, uh, like like a Hollywood star, you know? Right. Uh, you know? Yeah, like, I guarantee that if Brendan or I mentioned Dance One or Two Our Wives, they'd be like, what? What's a Dance One? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, who? Okay. Cool. <laughs> right. Uh, do you want to finish making dinner? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, it's just so wild because, you know, there's like a celebrity status for guys like that that is well-earned in the scene. Uh, but if you're not into heavy music, you're just going to have no clue. So, uh, mm-hmm. I think part of it, and he admitted actually recently in an interview he did with my friend, uh, Ricky Fleming, um, that he loses work because people assume he's out of their price range, you know, that he's like too right. for them. So, uh, so that's just yeah, like, you can't assume. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I guess that's that's a lesson is don't make assumptions about people. Yeah, yeah man. Like, yeah, it's worth kicking. The answer, I, like, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. I, I just think it's always worth at least checking in. Like the the worst, yeah. you know, the worst most people do is just ignore it. And so rarely do you get any negative feedback from someone just checking in. Oh. Yeah. Right. It's the same with like, you know, uh, review sites and stuff and PR people reaching out to big name artists. The worst thing they're going to do is say no. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Uh, but, uh, makes me like, I'm like dying on this quote here is uh, the, uh, the answer is always no, unless you ask. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I talked to um, a few people who, who work in like, who do what we do review sites. And they said they've had a very select few people tell them to fuck off uh, when they've contacted them for an interview or something, which that's really not the standard. Most people will like either say, Hey man, I'm kind of busy. Don't really have time or I'm interested. Most people won't tell you to fuck off. Yeah. That, that's embarrassing for the person that declined. Obviously. Like, I, I agree. You know what I mean? Like I, I have no problem with someone being too busy or it's not their thing. It's not their time. Uh, they're focused on writing, whatever it is. But to, to react that way, uh, I would, that it would spread, I think pretty quickly. 
people. I think so. You know, people, but yeah, the thing yeah. is, most people that do what we do, they're not going to name and shame them because you, know, you just don't do that. Yeah, that's um, I don't know if you follow. Do, do you follow the blog Machine Music? Um, I do a little bit, yeah. Yeah, that guy has interviewed some awesome people. Um, I think he's based in Israel. But he posted something recently. He didn't reveal the band because he's a good dude. But he contacted a band for an interview. Um, and then when he actually sent them the questions, they're like, this is generic crap. Like, why are you sending us this, basically? And then he's like, well, these are the standard questions. Like, everyone answers these. And then they're like, we don't have time to deal with a site like yours. Literally anyone can do what you do. It's just a Facebook page and a website. I could build one tomorrow. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> he says that. You know what I mean? Like, but, yeah. yeah. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's tough to also be sort of original when it, when it comes to being an interviewer and you're talking to a band yeah. that's answered, you know, the same stuff, you know, 20, 20 times well, plus, but. Yeah. yeah. You know, you got to change it up a little bit and then like things evolve and then like, you know, like, and some questions are just kind of timeless, like where you're like, <clears throat> everybody's got a different answer for something, you know, mm-hmm. like, and I mean, you did a lot of interviewing. Like, you have an article coming out, don't you? Um, yeah. For Decibel. Yeah, I, uh, I just read that. <laughs> I, I've I've been with Decibel for like eight years, and uh, I've done so. I've been in over a hundred issues now, which is kind of wild. Wow. Um, That's awesome. So, like counting, you know, special issues and stuff. Um, I do have a cover story coming out for the two hundredth issue. Um, so that's going to be a, a kind of like a special thing. Uh, I can't really reveal who who it was with, but they are famous. <laughs> they're a famous death metal band uh, with a long history. That's all I'll say. But um, that's cool. But uh, but yeah. So that's like my 18th cover story, and most of them are a total pleasure. You know, it's really rare uh, that somebody is kind of difficult to to speak with um but have you guys ever run into an interview that was like contentious or something we did uh, <laughs> just the other day. yeah we we uh it was a while back we had we don't want to get we won't get into uh, it uh, we won't get into it. it it got weird there's some weird stuff said like super weird stuff yeah. um <laughs> Yeah, it's it was a whole thing, but yeah, we won't get yeah, into it. No it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's tough to recover. <laughs> we did yeah. have uh, well, like this one person, I, I felt like was a little pretentious in some things, and like kind of, I, I, I at one point I wanted to be like, can we take a break here for a second? Because like, I uh, yeah, I just thought it was a little bit weird. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's not, it's not like a there. I um, yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things where I've learned over time. That if I have questions that might veer it into like uncomfortable territory, that I ask them at the end, so I get all the like, all the stuff I need before it. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm like, all right, here's the last ten minutes. This is where I'm going to ask my my weird stuff, and hopefully it goes well. Like once we have a little, yeah. like a good vibe started and all that. We we just had kind of like a, a blown away kind of like whoa, and then like hey whoa, <laughs> didn't expect that like kind of moment yeah it's uh but i think for the most part you know you've probably had so so many positive interactions that uh that it's it, it makes up for like the one or two of those you get you know in a span of years yeah absolutely but, yeah 
but yeah, no, there's um, let's see, I just did a cover story for the a year without music uh, issue, um, and for that one, you know, it was tough because usually the cover stories uh, are talking about something people are really excited about, you know, like an upcoming album or honoring an anniversary of a big album, something like that. And for this one, yeah. it was all pandemic related. And, you know, I had a bunch of people uh, back out, you know, after agreeing, even after doing the interview, um, because it's a sensitive, it's a sensitive subject, you know? So I, yeah, man. So I try to remain, um, you know, understanding that I would also be kind of gun shy if my, if my uh, words were going to be in print, you know what I mean? And there was like no further editing that could be done. So, um, yeah. you know, so I just try to remain, you know, on their kind of empathetic uh, to that. And uh, it's pretty rare though. It's pretty rare that somebody has to be like removed after the fact. Yeah. Well, I mean, also, like, you don't know, like, maybe they're thinking about not, like, being a band anymore, and, like, why waste the time and energy, and then, you know. That's true. Oh, man, I wonder, I think I, I reviewed a band that were on the precipice of breaking up, and, you know, I, and, of course, as a reviewer, I have to remind myself, like, I'm not really a big deal. Like, no band is hinging on my review, you know what I mean? Um yeah, but uh, but yeah, it's always weird when uh, you have to kind of consider the humanity of the subject. So I really try to not be like snarky uh, in in reviews where it's just not music that I dig, uh, and I try to just remain cognizant that I am just one dude with an opinion, and that's it. And uh, yeah, and honor the kind of like time and effort you know they put into the recording. Yeah, man. Um, are you there, James? Oh, no. Oh. Do we lose James? We might have lost James. All right. He'll back out or maybe rejoin, or it might just disconnect us, and we might have to do that again. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> no, we won't have to do everything again. Uh, it should have saved... It will save. Uh, I'm not worried about it. All I uh, all I've got going on tonight is uh, let's see. I got a ceramic owl that I was going to put corpse paint on. As you can see. Uh, <laughs> oh, dude, I've been doing crazy house projects, like insane. Like we bought a house a couple years ago. Or we were coming up on a couple years ago, and. Um, yeah, I've been going nuts. I like I'm repainting the whole entire downstairs. Like I did like it's all this like beautiful 1980s like wood everywhere, you know. <laughs> so now beautiful. I'm like I painted all the trim, I'm painting all the archways, the baseboards, all the doors, all that kind of like that kind of painting. Yeah. You know? Like I'm painting everything, you know. And uh now I just bought paint today for the fucking kitchen. And then uh Oh yeah, I got a lot going on. All, all black, all black kitchen. <laughs> no, so the kitchen, uh, it's like no, it's, it's it's literally all like basically wood and like cheesy laminate wood countertops and like all that stuff. So yeah, oh, that's bad. 
man. I, I do. No. Uh, I do think there's something to be said about just having projects in general to keep like our minds and bodies occupied because, uh, yeah, you know, I'm always a dude who's going like project to project, but and I assume you're similar because you guys stay so busy with the, with uh, cave dweller. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, uh, I'm like, I've been helping out a lot with the interviews. I haven't been writing as much just cause like I had a, a setback and I, uh, kind of took a small break a little Oh, dude, I'm, my, I charged my headphones overnight all night for the interview, and I guess they didn't charge. So they died oh, mid-interview, and I had to like, run around the house trying to find a backup pair. Oh, and then, no! Hey, sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, I, was yeah, back. I was just saying um, I charged my headphones overnight for the interview because the way that this app works, we have a microphone plugged in, so it cancels out the sound, so you have to have a wireless headset to hear the other people. Yeah. And uh, I guess my headphone didn't charge even though it was plugged in all night and uh, just died on us. And then I got new ones after I ran around the house for like five minutes finding a pair. And then when I plug- connected them to Bluetooth, it disconnected the call. So sorry. About uh, that. I'll, I'll pour a drink out for your for your wireless headphones. Let's <laughs> <laughs> uh, have to charge them, I guess. They, they have like 30, 37 hours of battery life and somehow didn't charge any of it. So. Oh, that's garbage. Yeah, I charged mine this morning. I was like, I have this little like a uh, little, I don't know, earpiece. And I just... <laughs> Sorry about that. That's, uh, that's, that's all good. Uh, okay. Yeah, we were just shooting the shit, you know, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about keeping our uh, minds and bodies occupied with with projects and and all of that. Oh, and, I get it, man. I haven't been able to work since I'm trying to get a green card, so I've just been stuck in limbo with COVID and the administration changes. And oh wow, if, that that's why I started uh, Cave Dweller because I needed something that I was going to go absolutely insane. Yeah, I mean, I had just got laid off, and then I was hanging out on the internet way too much, and then that time I met James. Oh, that's cool. So you guys didn't know each other before, uh, before like March or April or whatever. No, no, we met in like August, I think, after uh, the site started. So it, it was actually my friend yeah. Matt and I from Australia who started, and then we just met Brandon. Like this guy's cool; <laughs> he can be part of the team. Oh, uh, that yeah. that is so awesome. I mean, that's. Yeah, that, that's how Wise Blood started, you know, is uh, I lost my job in, in March last year. And uh, this idea had been kind of bouncing around my my noggin for a while. And I, it was just never the time, you know, mm-hmm. between, you know, between my kind of corporate gig and then, uh, you know, Decibel and I screen, I write screenplays also. And, oh, no shit. Yeah, all that stuff, like, together. Uh, there was just never time. So all of a sudden, uh, when we were basically getting paid to stay home, I, I kind of developed the business plan for Wise Blood, which is mainly just, you know, focus on the bands and the fans. Uh, you know, if I could break even the first couple of years, uh, that would be great. And then get into vinyl in like year three is kind of the, the long-term plan, you know? Nice. So, it's, uh, but I, I love that we all just took the opportunity to to build something uh, during yeah. this really weird time when we could have just been like sitting. Actually, we actually could have just been cave dwellers instead of, <laughs> <laughs> instead of building. So. Right, right. I'm sure there's a lot yeah. of people out there who've just spent like 12 months playing Xbox and done absolutely nothing else. 
Well, I remember when we started, uh, or like I started joining up with these guys was, uh, I had a broken leg, you know, so I wasn't doing shit. <laughs> you know? yeah. I was just sitting down listening to music and I was like, all right, you know, and then I got my, my old fired up the old computer and then just started doing, you know, some writing and this and that, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man. Oh, man. I have to ask you, what, uh, you mentioned the screenplays. What type of uh, screenplays are you doing? I, I saw on your profile, you're a, you're a horror enthusiast. Are they horror screenplays? Yeah, some of them are. Um, I have one right now uh, called Red Throat uh, that it's, you know, it's won a couple awards and like Austin Film Festival and stuff um, for the script competitions. And uh, did you guys see uh, Machete? Do you know that one? Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah. Yeah, so that director and Danny Trejo both uh, are both attached to my script right now. Wow, uh, nice! That's awesome, dude. Yeah, so they're you know we're we're still in the kind of pre-production process with that, but uh, you know I've, I've optioned a couple screenplays. None of them have been made yet, so it's still very much you know uh, a kind of back burner hustle, like hoping mm-hmm. just for that one big break. Um, right. So in the meantime, you know, I'm just like a good little soldier when it comes to the writing. And, you know, I'm just totally in the background as the decision makers do all that. So it's kind of the opposite for Wise Blood. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm like totally a program manager, you know, giving deadlines and kind of shepherding an album from, you know, the, the raw tracks to the, to the final, you know, shipment to the, to the fans. So that's a... Uh, it's kind of fun to just be on both sides of the spectrum with that. Yeah, that's really cool. You're uh, you're involved in a lot. Uh, you're pretty busy. I stay busy. Uh, I, I definitely prefer that. You know, I start my new uh, my new job. I'm I'm gonna bartend uh, for. Uh, I've never really bartended as like a as like a regular gig, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I don't want to like exoticize it or anything. But it's something yeah. I've I've dreamt about doing um, because it's just so it's such a part of like the Americana experience, you know, like right. working at a dive bar. Um, so uh, I'm excited to work with a couple other like metalheads in a local place here in Indiana, and uh, nice. hopefully get paid to pour drinks, you know, pour heavy drinks and talk about metal. That sounds pretty That's awesome. awesome. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I was a chef for quite a while, and then. Uh, yeah, I got laid off. That's some fun stuff. I'm actually uh, like a, a brewer right now, so that's pretty cool. Oh, so are the are the cave dweller IPAs that I saw pictures of? Are those? Is that your work? That was mine actually. Um, oh, I, I brew. Yeah. yeah, I just brew for fun. Brendan is the big time brewer, and um, we're gonna look at doing some more big, bigger batch stuff down the line, right? Yeah, I would love to. Um, yeah, as like. The place I'm working for is uh, we're been uh, making plans for a canning line and all that stuff. So um, right now it's just kind of in-house growler pours and you know um, pub restaurant um, happenings. But the um, yeah, a little bit down the line, the future plan was to uh, have a canning line. So I'll be able to like pump out a bunch of cans, do some stuff like that. Like I'm hoping that would be really cool to like you know, get some like contract brewing going or something, you know, for, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it would be real. It would be a lot of fun, you know, cause I'm making, you know, like 
nine, 10 barrels up to 15 barrels of beer, you know, and like, you know, there's 31 gallons in a barrel. So, you know, so it's a lot of beer, um, a lot of gallons. Man, I, what I love is that more and more we see the cross promotional aspect of metal and beer. Oh yeah. Yep. So like obviously Decibel has their like uh, metal and beer festival. That's really rad. Um, so, you know, right now, like, uh, I'm starting to kind of pitch, uh, some of my bands to, you know, breweries to see if we could do, you know, like a, a beer for one of my bands, like a special beer. Uh, you know, we're in talks, so like we had, we just did something with true cult coffee. Um, oh, yeah. you know, and, uh, one of the dudes from the band, uh, empty throne that's on my label, uh, he had, he runs uh grindcore coffee too. So, Oh really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So, you know, I, I love stuff like that. I love the sort of like entrepreneurial collaborative spirit. Um, yeah. so, you know, with grave ripper, uh, that's like one of the thrash bands we have coming out. You well, know, dude, we, we, um, we interviewed those guys. We reviewed their album ages back. We love grave ripper. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, I'm so excited for you guys to hear this new album and, um, you know, and I think we will be actually putting that demo on, on it also. It's kind of like, Oh, hey, sorry. Uh, I, I've made a mistake. Uh, Grave Huffer. I, Grave I, Huffer. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I had no. break there. Yeah. Wrong band. Wrong band. No, no. Grave, Grave Huffer is great too. So I, had a, I don't mind. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, but yeah, no Grave Ripper, uh, this kind of like black and thrash band from okay. here in Indiana. Um, you know, it's, uh, we're, we're thinking like, who could we team up with? You know, we're talking to pizzerias to have like, you know, their own slice. We're talking to, you know, uh, hot sauce companies and stuff like that. Um, yeah. cause we love tying into that stuff and, you know, you get to meet other business owners and, you know, support other small businesses and stuff. So I'm very, I'm very into that. And, uh, I think your beer interest uh it sounds like a like a really cool uh opportunity to kind of blend passions too we yeah. we, we try initially to do some just you know for fun stuff for bands that uh, really didn't work out so we're gonna t- take it a bit slower and do it the right way going forward mm-hmm. um, yeah we think i would eventually love to get a facility where like that's all i do you know like do my own thing but like right now i'm you know i'm learning a lot about like you know that large batch uh, brewing, you know, it's, it's a lot different than in, you know, five or 10 gallons, you know, when you're, it's, it's so much more, uh, science going into it. So, um, if, if I can't get the contract going on, uh, with the place I work at, like, I want to eventually, you know, like we, we're always talking about cave, cave driller brewing and whatnot and trying to make that a, a reality. So I think, I think it'd be a lot of fun, man, you know, like even like anniversaries. So like, say you got like a, you know, like a 10 year anniversary or a five year anniversary of like a, an album. And you're like, Oh man, let's like, we'll have a party for this album, you know, or like, we're going to do a repress for it. Cause it's like so much fun, you know, and then you can have a beer go with it, you know, like yeah, you, like, plant, right. You know, like there's, it, it, there's a lot of possibilities, man. Yeah, I, I, think, I, I really want to make it happen. I think that a lot of metalheads are kind of starting to tune into the fact that it's such a niche market that people will buy stuff that's themed after things that they enjoy. Oh yeah, um, and I think people are finally starting to cash in on that. I mean, there's a lot of business out there that I really like and support. Like, do you know Liquid Death? Yeah, yeah. 
I love those dudes, man. They're so funny. Like that, that that's such a clever You sell concept. your soul for a fucking case of water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like I they sent me a shirt when I signed up. So I got like liquid death shirt that I wear all the time. So I think they're really cool. I love their whole gimmick of like uh, murder your thirst and hydrate or die and stuff. It's great. <laughs> yeah. And and it's also they don't take it, you know, too seriously. I love that that nah. levity and fun. Um Yeah, their their commercials are hilarious. Have you seen them? Yeah, yeah, the, the, <laughs> that's one of those products that I love uh, when they like kind of show their negative reviews. Yeah, you know, and it's sort of like pearl clutching, like anti-Satanism sort of yep. uh, comments they get. You know, uh, I, I love that, <laughs> that that one commercial they did as well. It's like um, they were talking about how other water companies, like Fiji Water, have these famous mascots and then uh, endorses and one of them is like just this fat shirtless hairy dude and he's like trust me I'm a fat dude I drink a lot of water like <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I gotta oh man I I would love to have some sort of like wise blood commercial uh, I gotta I gotta figure that out I would probably have my rat in it uh, he's he's sleeping actually in a cage like, like six feet away socially different oh, nice. so nice <laughs> Also, yeah, it's so funny. Uh, You know, I've done a couple interviews at this point, and it almost always turns into like kind of we're all interviewing each other because it's like hard for me to turn it off. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm just like, oh, the beer, uh, the beer venture. That seemed interesting. Care to comment? (laughs) (laughs) I genuinely prefer when an interview seems more like a two-way conversation. Um, yeah, yeah. someone asking people a bunch of questions because any you know anyone can read off a sheet and be like what did, what was your inspiration for this album I like th- i feel like uh, yeah that's kind of like how we started out a little bit yeah, you know and, yeah. and then like you know after we get going you know you t- you tweak out all that little fun stuff but you kind of when you start out you're a bit intimidated to be honest Oh, yeah. interviewing bands and stuff because like, if it's something that's completely new to you like oh man these are people that I like and respect and like they're taking the time to talk to me I gotta make it awesome yeah yeah I mean I still I still get nervous almost every single time um, yeah. you know and after yeah. after eight years after like all these pieces like I, I still have a hard time um, I always I still have a list of questions right in front of me um, because mm-hmm. you know this format, I love this format. I like listening to this format a lot um, because of how uh, natural the kind of like rhythm of the conversation is. Um, yeah. And when it's for print, you know, I kind of I don't have a whole lot of opportunity because of deadlines and stuff for follow up. Um, so that like puts like a little little urgent pressure on like, oh man, I better get a good quotable response, you know, about this thing. <clears throat> So it's it's definitely kind of a unique animal uh, interviewing for a print. One of the few remaining print magazines for for music worth reading, you know. Right. Yeah, we we did uh, an interview with Raymond Watts. Um, are you familiar with him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh my god, I, I just saw. I think how recently did you talk to him? Like uh, last, well, a little while back. We published it last week. Um, so it yeah. just came up on our page. You may have seen it in your newsfeed or something, but yeah, both yeah, right? Yeah, I came with him in Pig, and he also was in like Schwein, a bunch of other projects. Awesome. Um, okay, like that. He's by far the biggest person we've talked to, and we were both super nervous going into it. Like, man, this guy's like a big deal type thing, and he was yeah. the most down to earth, chill yeah, man. guy. He's he just so like, chill. He's like, 
yeah, asking me about my children and shit, just like, just genuinely was like a really rock solid dude. Yeah, it's like, how's your day? Like, how's the weather there and stuff? And like, oh, this guy's <laughs> such a chill guy. It, it was it was pretty humbling um, to meet someone that's that big in there. Like, he's he's been big in the industrial scene. He's like a, oh, yeah. a, a rock star in that scene. And like, he's just such a chill guy who doesn't really care who he's talking to. He talks to people the same way, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, we all put our pants on one leg at a time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, that's um, that's kind of what I've, I've learned through the years of this thing. Is like I so rarely run into into egos. You know, I, I uh, was oh, I, I was on a bus down to Maryland Death Fest, and Dan Seagrave was on the bus, and uh, and he was going to be kind of sitting next to us the, for the weekend. You know, so here's this guy who's done the artwork for all of these, you know, uh, kind of classic '90s death metal albums. And I was actually more nervous talking to him than I was talking to like Tom G. Warrior or Matt Pike, uh, you know, or, and, and kind of those like metal superstars, I guess. And, uh, you know, Dan Seagrave, I was like, oh no, how am I going to entertain this guy, you know, for a whole weekend? And it was so easy because he just wants to talk about like weird sci-fi movies and, and art and, you know, and I, I think we forget that the, the human element that people are just... Yeah eager to connect no matter what yeah i mean I, yeah people seem to think of people in the music industry as like solely existing within music but i mean these yeah. people have like like us they have their own interests outside of that obviously they have hobbies that aren't music related you can talk to them about anything right right yeah yeah like uh, it always surprises people that i'm such like uh kind of like a sports nerd like I'm oh, really yeah. like, you know, sports, like statistics and strategy and management and all that, um, is a big interest of mine. So I've used that to kind of like connect with people outside of metal, <laughs> you know, right. uh, it's kind of like an easy combo starter. So that's kind of like my, my, my ace in the ace in the hole is that my, I can yeah. about sports. <laughs> my other super in-depth interest is, uh, history. But uh, it's, it's one of those things that, again, it's not, not everyone wants to talk about the history. And when I get a few beers in me, I'll start rambling about, like, Roman history. People are like, hey, <laughs> can we talk about something else? I'm like, no. <laughs> no, we <it's> not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. My, um, there was, like, a party at our house a little while back for someone's birthday, and I got blacked out drunk uh, for the first time in a very long time. And uh, I apparently recounted an entire documentary series I'd watched scene by scene. Um, and entertain the entire party for like half an hour straight. There's, there's some videos. I have videos of it that people took of me. So <laughs> it's like that. Uh, have you ever watched that show, Junk History? Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was essentially that. Yeah, that was what happened. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that's a good show, man. I gotta catch up on like the last season of that or whatever is relevant. Like, but, yeah. That what? Uh, yeah, I guess, man. I've always thought of you know, doing something like drunk history, but talking about, you know, like music, like some of the uh, stuff in music, like, yeah, you can talk about obviously like the Norwegian church burning stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but since everybody, uh, since some people are still alive, there's probably a bunch of, uh, you know, slander and libel charges that, that could be, that could happen. So uh, I guess <laughs> I'll stay away from that and focus on stuff, you know, in the 19th century and prior. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny so yeah. you you're a screen are you a screenwriter 
by trade? Is that is that what you st- like went to school for and all that? Is that what you studied, or is that just a hobby of yours? Yeah, yeah. I went to I went to film school, and uh, in film, kind of still, you know, remains like a, a huge passion for me. Um, I was really into, uh, obviously, like slasher stuff, and you know, some some supernatural horror movies, but um, you know, also uh, kind of character driven you know, kind of gritty, gritty crime films and stuff. But, mm-hmm. uh, that, yeah, that was my first love. And, uh, I was in a mediocre hardcore band, uh, in high school and, uh, got into metal and, uh, it kind of, the, the love for metal kind of faded when I was in college, um, as I focused on, on film. Uh, and then I, I wrote a screenplay about the sort of resurgence of this down and out black metal musician. Um, and it won, it was like named a finalist in the biggest competition in the industry, uh, wow. the nickel fellowship, which is like, uh, the Oscars like sponsor it and stuff. Um, wow. so, so that was kind of, you know, I was studying and researching, like, what have I missed over the past, you know, five years in metal basically, and uh, and started got back into reading Decibel, um, and uh, that kind of like reignited my my passion for for heavy music, um, and uh, so it's kind of screenwriting that brought me back to that, uh, which was kind of cool. Uh, I didn't end up selling that script because they read it and they're like, "There's nobody's gonna pay <laughs> to watch this, like, you know, uh, poverty level black metal musician, you know, like cry about his rotting teeth." <laughs> like, this is not a very cinematic story, um, but uh, <laughs> but you know, it, it brought me back. At least it brought me back to heavy music, and uh, yeah. you know, because I was in. I was in like the folk music scene in in New York and Brooklyn. You know, I was uh, the same group actually that Lana Del Rey was a part of before she was famous and stuff. So like she was in that songwriting circle with us. Um, huh. And uh, so it was just kind of like one of those weird things where uh, I, I intersected with a lot of really talented people, but never really with the metal scene until you know Decibel uh, kind of brought me back on board. Uh, well, brought me on board as a writer. How did you um? So, how did you end up getting that gig? Like, how was it? How did you end up at Decibel? It is to this day it's the only thing that's ever worked out like exactly as planned <laughs> in my okay. entire life. Um, you know, it was like New Year's Eve uh, or New Year's, and uh, I was kind of battling with a depressive episode and really looking for some sort of, you know, kind of momentum forward, like some sort of new new spark. So I said, yeah, yeah, you know, and I just needed something new and fresh. Um, So I said, well, what if I write, I I start a music blog uh, and I write every single day for 30 days. Uh, And by the end of that, I'm going to have a decent little portfolio. I can send my top four or five pieces. And uh, I send it out to a bunch of different magazines. Decibel's the only one that accepted me in that first in that first wave and, uh, and they were my favorite, you know? (laughs) So, uh, you know, and to this day, I'm just so loyal to, you know, Andrew Bonazelli was managing editor at that time. Um, and we remain really close. Like he's a, he's also a great screenwriter and I, I help with his projects and, 
obviously Albert, you know, the editor in chief, the boss man, um, it just, he is such a source of integrity, uh, and strength and he's hilarious. It's like his social media clapbacks are still like some of the best <laughs> in the business. So, um, you know, that was, uh, the, I'm really loyal to those guys. And, uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a little family The the people have written there for so long. Um, you know, cause I grew up reading them, you know, and so it was kind of wild all of a sudden sharing pages with like, you know, Justin Norton and Nick Green and, you know, all these other, uh, you know, Jay Bennett, these uh, guys that to me were like, you know, I give a shit what they have to say about an album. Like that actually might change my opinion or if I check something out, Uh, you know, so all of a sudden I'm like on the same page with them and I'm like, man, my writing is just not as good. (laughs) It's like, you know, it's cold in their shadow. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but, you know, now I have a lot more confidence, uh, partially because they encouraged me, uh, right. you know, there was no sort of like, you know, let's harass the new kid or like territorial sort of stuff, <laughs> you know, um, everybody was just so encouraging, uh, because I was the young guy, uh, on the team and I don't, there's probably somebody younger now that has been eight years, <laughs> but, uh. But, you know, for a while, I was kind of like the, the kid on the squad. So That's awesome. I'm glad that that worked out for you. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely, without that, uh, there would not be wise blood, uh, for sure. You know, because that kind of connected me uh, to the scene. You know, right. I, I met all the publicists and the, the label representatives and sort of got comfortable talking about the business side of music, which is... Uh, you know, could could be a little stale and dry to some people, but I, I love that sort of planning element. I, I love spreadsheets. I'm such a geek, like, with spreadsheets and, and organization. So, like, uh, yeah. it was just, a, you know, an interest of mine, uh, kind of from the start. I uh, I get you with the spreadsheet thing. I, uh, I worked in government as a policy analyst for a year, so my uh, brain works in spreadsheets now. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. When I learn like a new formula or something in Excel, I'm like, <laughs> I'll probably just get my first tattoo will probably be some like Excel formula. Uh, so, uh, yeah, no, that's, uh, it, it's, you know, people need, they need people kind of like with our mind, uh, in, in industries like this, mm-hmm. you know, because, uh, I don't really have a naturally, artistic mind i wish i did or like a poetic mind you know i'm more literal Mm -hmm. um and i can be creative but it just it takes a lot more work for me right uh you know then i listened to a an interview you guys did i think with weed demon yeah um you know, <laughs> well, you know, it was a great, it was a great interview, and uh, you know, those guys talking about like, oh, I get up at noon, and I'm, you know, I'm, I've got like two, you know, two reefers going. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. You know, I wish I could do that, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't get anything done. Right. Uh, you know, my my brain uh, just like cannot handle things being like nebulous. You know, uh, I need to be very structured. So I think sometimes having a dude who like pushes a project to the next deadline, right? You know who you know who does like the boring stuff uh, is is uh, necessary. Kind of get more ears on these bands. So uh, that's, uh, you know, 
that's oh, definitely true. That's kind man. of my role with Cave Dweller to some extent. I mean, I'm the guy who, so people, everyone who writes submits stuff to me and I format everything. I publish everything. I lay it out for when it's going to be released and mm-hmm. I do all the email side of things, all the contact with all the labels and bands and, you know, all the background stuff. Um, yeah, you background. need that background stuff. It has to happen. Someone has to do it. I, what, I, what I love about it is that our titles, you know, like, like you kind of running Cave Dweller Me, like running a record label, that title is really sexy. But then you look at all the stuff we're doing, and it's like, dude, it is grunt work. Like, I'm yeah. ordering, like, yeah. what size envelopes do I have to use for, you know, like, what, what sort of, like, uh, how high should the bubble wrap be in my packages? <laughs> That's, like, the tedious, boring crap that I'm dealing with usually. It's to me, not, it's, to me, it's yeah. like, once every week I have yeah. to just like sit down and I always dread doing it and just go through the week of emails. And there's like 136 emails I haven't read. I'm like, Oh, oh <laughs> God. Yeah. Figure yeah. out. Yeah, never yeah, my hat's off to you, man. <laughs> never ends. You know, I get, a, I get a lot of submission emails, you know, mm-hmm. and um, when the label first started, I was able to kind of respond to each one. And at this point, I only respond if they tailored it to us. Right. I get um, that. You know, it, it's just, there's not enough time. Like time is our most precious commodity in, in my opinion. Right. Um, I agree. You know, but more than, more than money at this point. So, uh, if they put effort in and it looks like they did some research on the label or they referenced something we did or said, you know, they'll get a response. And, uh, you know, usually it's just like, you know, it's not the, not the right time or it's not the right sound. And I'm just very upfront, but polite. Uh, but once in a while there's like, Hey, we'll keep, keep in touch when you have new music because uh-huh. you know, there's some potential here. So, um, I'm very cautious about not, you know, giving people false hopes, you know, just cause yeah. I don't, you know, it's tough rejecting people. I wish I could do everything. It's you not, know, uh, I, I hate that part of it, man. Like I hate yeah. people who ask for a review and you're just like, Hey man, uh, I, like the hardest part is telling people you don't like their music and finding a way to say it. That's not hurtful. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, obviously right. it's, it's going to happen. You're not going to like everything. There's a lot of music out there and everyone wants their stuff covered, um, or wants to be on a label. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's never going to always work out. Yeah. You know, I, I always say like, Wealth is so often wasted on boring people because, man, if I had if I had wealth, I would just be just putting out cool shit every week. Yeah. I'd be hosting like weird orgy parties with heavy metal. It would just be wild. <laughs> it would be great. <laughs> but uh, instead, you know, here I am, like <laughs> counting counting pennies as I get like new stickers in, you know, to make sure that. Uh, you know that the bands have like uh the like multiple size stickers for each package. You know it's, <laughs> it's not glamorous, but you know the I think people people notice when you put in like the little the little touches and you personalize it. Yeah, man. You, like you get who doesn't love a fucking yeah. like or like anything like that? You know what I mean? Like, dude. I, I have a question for you that I've always been curious about. How who handles the emails for Decibel magazine or those big print magazines? Is there someone whose designated job is dealing with that, or does someone just have to like do you, do you all share that workload or how? Because I imagine there's an absolutely stupid amount of submissions to Decibel magazine. Oh, 
Yeah, there's got to be. Yeah, no, there's uh, so they have a you know a couple customer service people. They have a salesperson, um, and Albert you know handles his own his own uh, inbox, which I'm sure uh-huh. is filled with hundreds of requests a day, uh, yeah. including some for me. You know, uh, including my uh, my request for an extension, <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so there are a few people that that, that depending on it. Uh, I'm not. I don't really have a, a decibel email. You know, I operate with my own writing email, and uh, I post on the blog. You know, once or twice a week, uh, depending, and the the handful of writers that post on the blog just operate uh, totally on their own, like without supervision. <laughs> so, so there's a lot of trust. Uh, you know, we edit our own stuff. We, uh, we pick the stuff we write about uh, on the blog. So that's kind of like the part where we get to have like our own taste and personality. Um, right. You know, for, for the, for the magazine, you can pitch stuff, but you know, it's, you know, it's, it's Albert's baby, so most like percent right. of the stuff is assigned. Um, okay, but uh, but yeah, so if you if you look up the stuff that I've done on the blog, you know, you can kind of find like you know the author stuff. You can kind of be like, oh, here's a glimpse into the stuff that Sean really likes, and it's like really gross death metal, uh, you know, really like stonery doom stuff. Uh, you can kind of get a closer to look like to what I'm jamming out in in my little office here uh when i'm not working on decibel stuff and then the magazine is more so the stuff that you've been assigned that you have to cover type thing exactly yep yeah uh, albert uh will kind of be like hey uh you know do, are, are you into this band you okay. know oh, so they will ask you they, they won't just give you something yeah yeah you know obviously as a as a writer you want you want to do stuff, you know, I've turned yeah. down, I've probably in eight years, I've probably turned down like eight pieces where okay. it's not a band that I was passionate about or, or I knew okay. somebody else would do it better. Like, right. 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 You know, like for, for whatever reason, I never really got into morbid angel, um, when okay. I was a teenager. Uh, and that's a, that's a mistake, obviously. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. It was really hard telling the elder, you know, like, hey, man, I think this is better for somebody else. But I'm glad I did because then, like, I think Sean McComer wrote it and did a phenomenal job, like, way better than I would have done because he already knows their discography. You know, he has, uh, he has like, that uh, attachment to the music already. Um, right. Yeah, that makes sense, man. You know, like, you know, James is actually really good too about being like, "Hey, man, this this band's putting out something like I know you like them, like you want to go for it. Mm-hmm. It's all yours." You know, like, yeah, you know, so it's it makes a lot of a big difference. You know, if you're passionate about something, you're gonna put like you know that 110 percent into it, and if it's not something you're really into, then like, are you really gonna do yeah, it justice? Exactly. You know? I, I know my own limitations with what I'm interested in writing about. And I know that if I actually enjoy the music. Like if it's something I'm passionate about or really interested in, I'll write a much better article. Um, then if it's something I'll be like, this is pretty good. They did this with the guitar. These drums are like this. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and there's other people who I know would like the music more than I would who have a passionate opinion about it. So I'd rather have someone write something good. Yeah. You know, and, and now at this point, my really, my biggest 
writing stance is that I don't write negative reviews unless I'm getting paid. Um, yeah, that's, that's good. What's a good stance to have? You know, and that's and that's just for me. Like, I don't mind other people doing it, especially if they're starting out, because you have to be able to. You know, you yeah. have to be able to like frame uh, yeah. critiques, you know, and like uh, in a constructive way, and like in the sort of illustrative way. Um, but I would really, obviously, rather just share stuff that I I love. Um, yeah. You know, so that's kind of you know I, I've written negative reviews for Decibel. Um, it's never fun. I don't, I don't relish, you know, uh, skewering something, uh, that somebody worked really hard on, but, uh, yeah, but you know, it's, it's part of it. I can't, I can't lie if I feel something is, uh, yeah, doesn't connect with me. So, yeah. And also as like writing reviews and this and that, like, you know, you are the authority. You're the one giving the opinion. You, you're the one. That's right. Yeah. It's always so weird. (laughs) <laughs> to hear somebody say like oh you're kind of an authority and I was like oh man I'm not prepared for that title I <laughs> yeah. yeah it's true though you know like when I was like first started writing like some reviews and stuff like that I was just like wait a minute no 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 I gotta write it like this is how it is because I'm the one writing it you know like that I, I am the authority like holy yeah. shit you know? yeah it, and especially if if somebody is coming to Cave Dweller and they're reading reviews and everything is getting praised over and over and over, you know, you start to sort of lose your confidence um, in someone's kind of taste because it's just all, you know, it's all positive. So, you know, that's something, um, you know, Decibel, I, I think, is known for having a lot of sevens and eights out of ten, uh-huh. you know. Um, we, actually, we actually don't do the rating system. Um, with our, our site as just something we never yeah. thought about doing. Um, but w- what I say is that we try to pick specific things from albums that we like, and it's always different what we praise. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really tear albums down, but we'll say this is the highlight. This could be done better, maybe. Because, um, I mean, if you just say the guitar was good on every album you listen to, everyone's be like, okay, well, who cares type thing. But, you know, like I, for me, it would be like, yeah. if you're looking for this, this is what you like about the album. Whereas if you're looking for this, you won't like it for this reason type thing. Um, which I think maybe is right. more helpful. Like you could, you know, love the music and yeah. hate the vocalist, yeah. you know, or vice versa, you know, love the vocalist and be like, I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> I mean, I wrote one this like, morning that was like you know, a super melodic black metal album that's and I said straight up in the in the summary, like if you like pure black metal, you want something raw, like boundary pushing, you're not going to want to listen to this music. If you just want something fun, you can kind of rock out to that has blast beats and like a melodic guitar. This is what you're looking for, type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if you're straight up from the start with people and be like, don't bother reading the review if that's what you're looking for. I think that helps. Now, what, now, yeah. what are your guys kind of approach to uh, comparing bands to to other bands and influences? Yeah, I'll do it. Um, it's oh. I don't want to make the whole review about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? I maybe put like a paragraph out of the whole review that says these are the influences that you can pick up. If you like this, you'll probably like it. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's sometimes there's a band that you yeah. have to talk about it. Like with one of your bands we reviewed, um, the Caskets Open. It's impossible not to compare that music to Danzig or Typo Negative. Right. Um, you know what I mean? It just <laughs> I know it's so good too. Like, oh man, that, that was why I loved it. That was what I liked about the album so much is that they took some of my favorite right. elements of classic bands and they just twisted them in a way that hadn't been done before, and I loved it. But 
it would be very hard to right. write that album without comparing those bands. Yeah, I felt like that uh, when I wrote a review for Spellbook. Like they had so many like influences from so many different like like oh my god, it was ridiculous. Like you know, from like the Kiss drum licks to like you know like like Stevie Ray Vaughan, man. Like it, it's just like everything. It, it was it was so much like a lot of people influenced those guys and they did the music justice, you know. What, what awesome. about you? What, what's your take on that? I, uh, I I love it as a reader too, you know, like uh, I, I know bands want to be seen as their own kind of separate entity, uh, mm-hmm. but I, I think there's definitely a place for the sort of shorthand language. You know, of like, because sometimes saying a subgenre isn't even enough. You know what I yeah. mean? You can't, you can't even say Norwegian yeah. black metal with like, oh, wait, oh, well, which, you know, which wave of Norwegian yeah. black metal, you know? So I think the band references are very helpful for me as a fan and a reader. Um, yeah. So I, I, I will definitely throw that stuff into my reviews and, uh, and because it's really about the reader first, it's not really about the band, yeah. you know. Uh, no. So like I, I understand and I and I honor uh, how hard it is to write music, but I, yeah, there have been very few albums that have come out the past five years that sounded unlike, you know, something I'd heard prior. Maybe like Lingua Prada, you know, like uh, her music um, feels like pretty much entirely different. Maybe Harvey Milk when they were writing music, um, or Mr. Bungle. You know, there are some like uh, more like '90s Mr. Bungle. Um, yeah. It's pretty rare that uh, that something uh, can't be sort of like you can't see the trajectory of it through metal history. You know what I mean? Like, uh, right, right. So yeah, you know, it's one of those things where uh, I think of the reader first, and uh, I think bands get it. You know, it's pretty rare that a band is like, man, you really went too hard on comparing us to Catatonia. You know, like, yeah. like, like Mother of Graves, uh, they handle it so well. Their their singer Chris Morris, well, not their singer. I'm sorry, uh, Brandon. Brandon is the singer. He has those great growls. Um, Chris uh, and Ben are the guitarists and songwriters. They uh, which um, which one of them is? Oh, sorry, just really quick question. You know, that yeah. you finish. Uh, which one of them is in uh, Obscene? Oh, uh, Brandon, the the vocalist is the drummer of Obscene. Okay, okay, yeah. sorry, I just wanted to ask. That no. I'm a huge fan of that band. Yeah, no, they're they're an awesome band. Um, they're great. Yeah, I'm friends with those guys. They're really cool. Um, but uh, but you know, Chris uh, Morrison, when people are like, "Well, this really sounds like early Catatonia," he'll be like, "Oh, good. I hope so, because that was the yeah. idea." Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> like, my favorite albums of all time. Yeah. So, like, uh, yeah, you know, he definitely does his homework and goes back and listens to make sure he's not doing a cover. You know, because mm-hmm. there are some of those risks where he's like, "Man, I don't want to like accidentally perjure," you know, some something from like Dance of December Souls, but uh, or or Brave Murder Day or something. Yeah. So, um, but you know, he has such a good attitude about it, and uh, you know, I think. I think bands could really learn from that. It's like, don't take uh, that stuff to heart, you know, because it's going yeah. to sound differently to everybody yeah. anyway. Or take it as a compliment, to be honest. I yeah. mean, if someone's comparing you to an all-time great in the genre like that, that's a good thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it's No, you know, I think some people will be like, well, you know, it wounds them because they don't feel, you know, uh, I guess like unique or something. Unless you're, mm-hmm. you're saying like, oh, it sounds like. <laughs> 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 yeah. You know, you're like. No, if someone yeah. says that, then they're probably not going to like your band anyway. If like, if they don't like yeah. Patagonia, because that's right, like right, right. what it sounds like. So um, that, that band, you know, <laughs> Right away, I heard that stuff, and I was like, okay, I know the genre this is referencing. I don't hear it that much. You know, uh, the bands, I guess, the last five years that I really liked in that genre were like uh, Rotten Kingdom, uh, Pulcrum Morte, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. It's in Mother of Graves just blew me away. Like, they were just, they were pretty much studio ready all like and good to go on that four-song EP. Um and by the time, you know, we got Dan Swano to master it, like that thing dominated on Bandcamp for like a month. Like it was that's awesome. it just top three in death metal and doom. Uh and just wild. Thank yeah, you. Thank really you so good. much. Yeah, I painted my uh like a lot I, I painted a lot listening to that. I was like, Oh my god. When it first came out, I was doing like a lot of a lot of work and then like I got kind of overwhelmed with a lot of personal shit in my life and then I kind of took a break but I was like ah dude I still (laughs) I just want to be clear though you don't owe anybody a review ever you know it's hard not to think of it that way because like you tell someone you're going to do it and then you feel obliged to do it but like they haven't paid you or anything well yeah I mean dude you gave me a code for the album and I'm like oh sweet (laughs) like great awesome I like I have the work ahead of me. I got to do this. And like, when it comes out, I can listen to it and then like, boom, boom, boom. And then, yeah, man, I just, uh, I, I feel, I, I don't know. Like I, I just, I made the, like, <laughs> I said I'd do it. So, I mean, I got to do it. You know, that's the yeah. way I am, you know? Um, and I don't want to half-ass it either. You know, that's why I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to like do anything unless I, I'm putting effort into it. I don't want to half-ass something, you know? Like there's a couple of bands that I talked to that I was like, you know what? <clears throat> I said I'd have this done, and I I'm taking a small break, and I'm gonna I'll, I'll be back at it, and I promise it'll be really good. But I can't I can't do it right now. Right? What's that Ron Swanson quote? It's like never half-ass two things, whole-ass one. Uh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly, dude. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like you know cutting out like. You know, I've got like two kids, one's in kindergarten and like, I'm like dealing with hybrid schooling and this and that. Like, I just, there's just so much, you know, like just going on. I don't have the time and like, or the space really to just like sit down and like listen to music and write the way I'd like to, you know? And like, oh man, once, once like schools are back to normal and like, even like the summertime when like, I'm not, you know, like having to sit in front of a computer and help my son learn. You know, I'm going to be able to just, like, do mm-hmm. shit the way I want to do yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I think guarding yourself from burnout uh, is something I've, uh, I've had to contend with a lot as as a music yeah. writer, you know. Um, because, like you said, I want to be able to cover stuff, you know, but I also get just pounded with promos all day long. Yeah. And there's yep. no way to stay on top of all of it. So, you know, as, I, as I'm speaking, I know I have a couple of publicists that if they listen to this, they're going to be like, that's son of a bitch. Has an answer. He's chatting with these guys for an hour. I know, I know he could, you know, get back to me about that, uh, about the band. Uh, I don't even want to say the real band name, but, you know, there's some where I'm like, I'm just, there's no way I'm going to cover that. There's just none. Um, 
You know, it's yeah, you have to be a polite way to say no. Are you yeah, want I, to do it justice? You gotta, you know. Like, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll take all. Thank you, Ron Swanson. <laughs> I'll take all the promos we get sent, but you have to be picky with it. It's just impo- it's impossible to cover everything that you get submitted. There's absolutely no way. And if you try, you, like you said, you're just going to burn yourself out completely. Yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. you know, one of the I guess one of the great things about advancements in recording technology is that you know, dudes like. Trevor William Church, you know, can make haunt like a full-time job, you know, like mm-hmm. that rules. Like I love when talented, like uh, dudes like that can, can make that work. But the flip side of it is that I get like a dozen one man raw black metal demos like every day, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. uh, and yep. I'm all for people having their outlet. Uh, and I'm happy that it, it brings them joy. Um, but it just, it's just not possible for me to, to sort of, uh, get back to every one of those people and validate their art. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, we, I pretty much been having mm-hmm. to tell people for the last month or two, we're just not covering anything from 2020 anymore. There's just no way. Like 2021 is new year. There's a shitload of new music. I'm like, dude, we can't look back. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we got to just look forward. Yeah. There'll be time yeah. for it, but like, you know, when the album is like, oh my God, like we got to cover that. Like, I know like there's a couple of albums that came out like in like, you know, November and December that like I said, I'd write about, you know, or whatever. And like, even then it's just like, you know, you'll get people happens, that but... reach out to you and like, can you review my album from 2018? And like, no, <laughs> no, I can't. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it... Unless it kicks fucking ass. <laughs> And like you know what I mean? It's like, oh my god, dude! Like that band Hate Waker, like they freaking they had that album that came out in twenty nineteen, and we were just like, dude, it's not new, but like no, I mean, there's, there's been albums like, that have blown me away that are so unique that I'm like, I'm covering that like tonight type thing as soon as you listen to it. Mm-hmm. But like the average guy who submits an album from twenty eighteen or nineteen, it's not something I'm going to put everything on hold that's coming out in the next two weeks to look backwards. Yeah, um, it's just the sad reality of review writing is that you're so overwhelmed with what's coming out currently or in the future that it's hard to look back sometimes. Yeah, you know, which is you know, I really appreciated you guys talking about caskets open um, because it's it's one of those things that it's really hard. We knew that re uh, reissuing an album would be tough, mm. you know, because people are just ready to move forward. So, well. well I'm I'm always happy to cover a reissue. I think that's a, a good reason to look back at an album that's really good. But it has to be something I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like Nails just did a reissue. Oh my god, that was so good. Do you know the the? You know, just oh, sorry, continue. My bad. Oh, I was just gonna say, it just reminds you of like, like, kind of like brings you back to like, you know, if you were a big fan of it when it came out, you're like, oh my god, I remember right yeah. day or you know, release day. Mm-hmm. Like we were, you know what I mean? Like. You know, like it, there's, there's memories and there's so much that goes with like, you know, having something like that, you know, or like you missed out on the first round and like, you know what, maybe you couldn't have the first round, um, pressing, but like you get your second round because you, you wanted it and you have it and you can, you know, yeah. cool. I, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you've, you've had this experience. Do you ever find it hard to listen to the music that you enjoy? That's your personal taste. Sometimes when you're trying to listen to all the new stuff coming out you know, that's being submitted, yeah, yeah. I definitely had weeks where I almost have to schedule them where I'm like, okay, after I send in my cover story, 
you know, for the week after that, I'm just going to listen to stuff that I loved, like from the nineties, you know, or I'm, yeah, yeah th- that's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. Just to, just so I don't like lose touch with the stuff that brings me a lot of joy. Um, there's this yeah. album by Attic, uh, called Sanctimonious and it's basically uh merciful fate. It, it's basically like mm-hmm. a merciful fate, kind of like a Maj band. <laughs> um, but they do it so well. Uh, like I, I probably listen to that album like every month for the past two years. Um, you know, so every once in a while, I'm like, I'm going to go for a 40 minute walk. And that's exactly the amount of time I have to listen to Sanctimonious. So here we go. You know, I, <laughs> I try to build it in so that I can kind of like stay yeah. connected to the stuff that brings me like immediate joy where I don't have to like have my critical ear open. You know, I can just right. Oh man, here comes that part that I love, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I, I yeah. kind of set myself a general rule that I, if I'm in the car or I'm at the grocery store for, you know, doing a big grocery shop or something, I only listen to stuff that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, those are my times that's just for me. It's not for the website. Yeah. It, yeah. I love driving. I, I have a half hour drive to work, so I, it's about enough time to listen to almost just about every album I want to hear, you know? So it's like, I, I try to make it a point to like listen to something new either on the ride in or on the ride home from work and then something that I just like I love on the you know I love jamming that's a great approach yeah uh, yeah yeah at this point I'm getting to the point where I have like you know about seven or eight albums that have been released and queued up so I do like listening to the stuff I'm releasing it makes me feel really proud you know so Mm-hmm. All day, I had like this Grave Ripper EP, just like kind of on repeat until like these songs just like in my bones. Yeah. Um, I listened to that today while I was making dinner. I like put it on t- two times. I was like, Oh, yeah, the, uh, the awesome. complete blinding darkness uh, demo thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. Right on. Yeah, double check it, but um, yeah, I, 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 thank you for checking that out. You know, there's um. A lot of the fans and supporters, uh, when we first announced it, you know, that's all the music they have out. So people went and checked it out and they were like, uh, please tell me this is going to be on the release. Like, and, uh, you know, I kind of talked to the band and convinced them like this would be a really great way to like reward people who buy the EP is like in the very first run of CDs and tapes have the demo tracks on there. And once those sell out, it's gonna they're gonna be gone, you know. And uh, the EPs after that won't have the uh, the demo, so it'll be kind of like a you know little little reward for the people to get on get in on the uh, ground floor, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was uh, complete black awesome. darkness. Yeah, it was really good. I was like, wow. Yeah, my wife was like, oh. like yeah. <laughs> your wife's not a, not a metal fan. <laughs> no, another's mine. Um, mine. Mine either. You know, my my fiance like lives. Uh, she really loves. You know, like what she calls like sad girl music, but like uh, you know, SK Lana Del Rey, Lana Del Rey, big time. You know, um, halfway. Yeah, you know, stuff like that. So, uh, but she can hang. You know, she'll come and you know, sling merch with me. She, like we went to Maryland Death Fest. That she's. She's moshed to integrity, and I hate God with me and demolish. So nice, you know she she can she can hang, but it's definitely not her music of choice. Right, 
Yeah, my wife's always like, I like it until they start, um, you know, yeah. screaming and sound That's like That's exactly what my wife says too. So if you play like classic heavy metal and stuff, like, this is fine. I like this. The guitar is good. And then like you put death metal on, it's like, this is horrible. I hate this. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. Like when Slayer was doing their final world tour and um, she just didn't realize that like, you know, like how like, how they had like their 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 vocal style wasn't like that like or anything crazy it was just like that yelled kind of like you can everything's audible like you understand mm-hmm. what that motherfucker's saying and um she was just like oh oh it's not that bad and i'm like no this is fucking awesome and she's like well, why don't you listen to this more you know and i'm like because yep. this my wife is, uh, doesn't mind Slayer either. And she's gonna, <laughs> she's allowed uh, <laughs> some Slayer at the wedding. So when we have the wedding, there will be Slayer on the playlist. So that's a good thing. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've kind of thought about like, what if Cannibal Corpse, uh, you know, enunciated really well, like Morbid Angel, you know, like David Vincent was like a pretty clear growler. Uh, yeah, it was. But, you know, so I was like, man, I don't know if anybody really wants to hear about, you know, pissing in her maggot-filled asshole or whatever they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it's so disgusting. You're like, why? Yeah. why? There's a reason that gore grind is hard to understand as well. As a right. Or porno uh, grind. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather have something with, like, crazy content, you know, like – Oh man, like I love that band Emirate from Germany. They yeah. have atmospheric sludge. Like they've been doing this whole thing about like their hermit traveler, you know, and like this is like a huge long story, you know, and like um, you know, like I got a little sneak peek with the empty throne and you know, like those fucking lyrics, like every song on that EP is gonna be fucking <laughs> so good, you know. Um, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you so man. much. Um yeah it's that stuff's like up my alley you know like you have like three pages of lyrics and like it's all oh it's so good i love it the concept albums are fantastic it's it's always something super enjoyable yeah man they're one of my favorites you know like i love uh howling giant man yeah those guys have like oh my god like great concept albums and they're not like crazy heavy but those guys are so talented that you know what i mean like i just fucking love that shit did you guys check out that uh the band the mountain king and that album that they just brought out the smells of uh, the smell of stars and vomit no i feel like that that was one of the coolest concept albums i've heard in a real time it's uh an hour and a half uh and it's in two tracks and one's like an intro which is one minute and then the rest is like one track um, but it's a concept album about a guy who's in a, he's an astronaut and his spaceship, uh, I guess, is in the collision with the media. Um, and he's drifting in space waiting for his oxygen to run out and it runs out and he doesn't die. Um, and he can't figure out why he won't die. And then he realizes he's not actually a human. He was actually a cyborg built by the space company and didn't know his whole life that he wasn't human. Um, and then it's him coming to terms with the fact that he's not actually human. Ah. Eventually, he loses track of time and space and, like, detaches from Earth and humanity um, and, like, retreats into his mind and stuff until he gets sucked into a black hole. But it's cool. <laughs> it's, a, it's a cool concept. Yeah. Who did, uh, who the did Mountain again? King. Who is this? Is the, the artist. It's a one-man project from uh, no. Germany. And uh, it's, like, it's, like, 20 different genres on that album as well. It's, it goes for an hour and a half and it changes constantly throughout. I will uh, – I'll definitely – 
Yeah. I don't have that there. Uh, yeah, I'm looking through my If you go right to now, the Cave Dweller Bandcamp, it's on, it's in our purchase items um, if you're looking to find it. Awesome. Okay. I'll yeah, it kind of sounds like a kind of Blade Runner uh, mixed with, uh, oh, God, what was that, that movie where they're, they're just like out kind of stranded? I think uh, Sandra Bullock was in it. Um, I think I know which one you're talking about. Oh, uh, I don't yeah. The name of it, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Space, bobbing yeah, around, gets lost. Um, god damn! Oh, dude, that had one of my biggest fears. Like seriously, like just getting like thrown through space and just like tumbling through like one of the craziest. Yeah, I think that, yeah, it is. I yeah, I think you're right. I think it's called orbit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, uh, or getting lost in the fucking ocean. God damn. <laughs> that fucking ever happens to me, I swear to God. You know so I'm So speaking hell, of fear and horrors, not to change the topic <laughs> for music again, but I have to know, um, as someone who writes horror scripts, what are your top horror movies of all time? Do you have like a, a top, or is it too hard to choose? Oh, man. Um, let's see. Uh, well, one I really like is The Descent. Um, okay, yeah, that that one about like a K, uh, a bunch of well, obviously it's, it's good for your site too because they're actually going into a cave and see a bunch of yeah. dwellers they meet are not very friendly. <laughs> um, so that that one uh, is is a favorite, um, and I got to meet that that director um, uh, once upon a time in New York. Um, but, uh, apart from that one, the original Texas chainsaw, uh, is a, is a favorite. Yes. Um, yeah. The original, uh, evil dead, uh, <laughs> good one. Good one. Yeah. I love those. Oh man. Such a classic. Yeah. I, I, I just love, like, I really miss the sort of practical effects of the eighties and how it just felt more realistic while looking less realistic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I felt like the first one, they tried to make it like actually scary and this and that. And then I think after it, they're like, nah, this <laughs> just needs to be comedy. Yeah. And they just, you know what I mean? Did you, like, wa- oh. did you watch Ash? And I'm glad they did. Because like, you know, Bruce series? Campbell. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I started yeah, it. I haven't funny. finished it. I uh, I love, uh, you know, horror comedy in itself, I think, is uh, is definitely... Uh, a tough genre to, to hit right. Um, once upon a time, I sold a script called the uh, the post ironic hipster massacre, uh, with a <laughs> like this super exclusive, you know, like basement show in Brooklyn that goes terribly wrong. Uh, you know, so I sold that once upon a time, and uh, it, it has not it has not been made. But now there's been enough distance that I could actually do it as like a retrospective <laughs> about his culture, you know? Like, so I'm like, Hey, that, this might be the sweet spot, you know, like 10, 15 years later when people are nostalgic, you know, for, uh, you know, for like Brooklyn hipsters and, and all that again, you know, we'll, uh, maybe it could get made. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, no, uh, I really love, uh, some movies that maybe are, aren't, horror in the classic sense but kind of like still inspire that like I saw yeah. the devil 
uh, I thought was uh, like a really phenomenal, disgusting film. Um, or Taxi Driver to me is actually oh, that's like, a great movie. Yeah, I think that's a horror film. Like in my mind, that's you know psychological horror. Um, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I yeah. like the psychological stuff more than like the jumpy like. I, I like the zombie kind of stuff too, but like I'd rather more be like, holy shit, this fucking weirdo has trapped people in these fucking cages mm. for a long time. Like, what the fuck's yeah. going on? You know what I mean? Like, Have you noticed that there's been a. He okay. makes him fight over fucking raw meat and shit. No, no. no. <laughs> I'm just. Have you noticed that there's shit. been a shift sort of in, in the horror <laughs> so, mindset in the last few years um, where it's moved kind of away from, I guess, traditional scary things to being more about mental health? Um, and there's a lot of movies that use metaphors for it. Like there's the Babadook, um, there's Hereditary, uh, Midsommar. Uh-huh. Um, I watched one the other day that was about dementia. I can't remember what it was called. Um, but yeah, there's, there's like, it's more broad dealing with uh, mental health things, but projecting them as horror-based things. It's yeah. kind of a shift in the industry a bit. I, I like it personally. It's very movie split where like people like split personality. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, to me, it's really welcome. You know, um, I think I miss, like I miss the slasher, uh, mentality. I like, I I miss the kind of lean and mean thriller aspect of it sometimes. Um, but the sort of, you know, horror as like a transcendental, you know, experience thing that like hereditary and Midsommar are trying to do. Uh, I think elevates the genre, you know, and and it's not just like, you know, cheap thrills for, for lowbrow degenerates like me, you know, it (laughs) it could also be like an art form. Um, so I think, I think it's really cool to have that stuff. Like the, the flip side is obviously when something like that is successful, you have all these other people who aren't quite capable of it trying to do it. So something yeah, like yeah. it comes at night, which I just thought was so boring. Uh, I hated that movie. I was so yeah. excited for it after watching the trailers and then nothing happened. Yeah. A great, a great trailer, uh, really ominous trailer. And then it was just nothing, nothing happened, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, something that tries to get by on just atmosphere probably isn't going to work for me. Um, yeah. but, uh, but I do think there has been a sort of renaissance of, of films, I would even consider it follows uh, to be in in there because you know horror is supposed to be done on like a, on a shoestring budget. You know, right. it's more believable if there aren't like big stars and stuff in it uh, usually. Um, so right. I think so too. I always loved those yes. like Rob Zombie movies. You know, like you know, like. Well, yeah, yeah Rob like certainly uh, he certainly has you know love for that genre, and uh, you know I don't I don't always like his approach to it. Like he basically is just ripping off Texas Chainsaw Two, like over and over and over. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, over and over. But, you know, I know he loves but, it, though, and I know he likes the seventies grindhouse stuff. You know, like Glass House on the Left and and all that. So you know he. Uh, He's a capable filmmaker, and uh, he at least brings like a pulse to it, you know. That yeah. a lot of a lot of these, like, I mean, how many goddamn franchise horror movies do we need? You know, uh, I've like saw. I don't even know how many saws they got up to. Like uh, Twelve or something ridiculous. 
Oh, I don't even know. Right. Um, so, you know, whatever kind of gets it out of that, like, assembly line franchise mode is, is all good to me. Like, give people yeah. give people the shot to make something, like, kind of, like, off the wall and strange and difficult to describe. Like, I'm all for that. Yeah. You should check out a horror movie from Australia called Relic. Relic, okay. I like uh, The Loved Ones. Is that is that Australian? Yeah. That was good. Um, where was that from? Hang on, I'll just double check. It's uh, just New Zealand. I, I apologize. <laughs> it might be New Zealand. <laughs> one. No, it's Australian. It's Australian. Awesome. All right, all right. Um, yeah, that was an interesting movie. Yeah, that, that's one of my favorites, you know, because I mean, there's been some really good Australian horror. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, that was one that stuck out to me that had just like the right amount of like dark humor. You know, wasn't really torture porn, uh, but, you know, kind of rubbed up against that that genre a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that was a really good one. It's like that, uh, I can't remember what season it was with The Walking Dead when they, like, opened up when Negan was friggin' bashing everybody's fucking skull in, and everyone's like, I'm done with The Walking <laughs> Dead, just torture porn, blah, 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 you know, like, I can't believe this, you know? It's like, dude, yeah, that was pretty fucked up shit, of course, but, like, it, I don't know, man, like, stuff like that, like, you know, it's not, if it, if you're throwing it in every once in a while in a story like that, you know, like, that's pretty cool, but, like, if that's the whole thing, that's right, a bit you old. Know, I mean, it's just Did like, you ever watch... You need to get some more ideas. Called, um, uh, Hotel Inferno. Hotel Inferno. No, no, let me look that up. I think that's what it's called. Um, no. The name of it is. It was a first-person horror movie that's R-rated, and it's like one of the most violent things I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, Hotel Inferno, that's the one. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm I'm interested. I'll say that. It's uh, very violent. <laughs> uh, well, you know, one thing I think when you mentioned those kind of like more psychological uh, you know, horror films that are basically, you know, mental health metaphors. Yeah. Uh, I think partially why we're seeing stuff like that and like the witch and all that. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was a good one too. Yeah. It's because we can see oh, like yeah. on we're walking dead, you know, we can see Negan bash someone's fucking eye out of their head, you know, on just like an AMC show. Like all of yeah. a sudden, you know, like kids watch walking dead. It's wild. Right. You know, like, that is, like, a popular mainstream show with, like, violence that is pretty hardcore, uh, you know, for something showing at, like, 8 or 9 p.m. Um, right. So. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of viewers. There's a lot of, like, probably younger people that, like, are under the recommended viewing age that are which, watching. Which it, I love like, about it. I mean, I was watching. How it is. Yeah, I was getting the shit scared out of me in you know, watching HBO at like four in the morning when I was a kid, you know, when like mm-hmm. Ed would be on evil yep. speak, all the movies with evil in it. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I think horror now, it's not enough to just like be violent and shocking because we're like, Oh, right. we can find that anywhere. We could just like, you know, we could find videos of real beheadings and shit online. Like what do we care yeah. about? You know, so there's uh, I think there's an element of that where like the kind of less is more restraint of horror is more popular now. Yeah, I mean, like violence has become we've become yeah. very desensitized to an extent with violence, like you're saying. Because mm-hmm. look at the original Godfather movie is rated R18. 
<laughs> it's like yeah. two people get sh- two people get shot in that or something like it's there's like almost no violence whatsoever right yeah boardwalk empire on, on hbo is exceptionally more violent than the godfather <laughs> yeah yeah or look at game of thrones or something like that like that's one of the most popular series of all time that's like mainstream appeal and there's full-on rape scenes and beheadings and people being burned alive and having their dicks chopped off and stuff yeah <laughs> yeah exactly you know i think it, it's weird because all the stuff we're describing is very metal you know what yeah. I mean? yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, so being split in two by a broadsword is like is very metal. But uh, you know, if we yeah, you're like all right, where's that arm on Like, let's go. But the one thing I've never understood is why people can separate art in that sense with movies, but not with music. So, for instance, like people won't think you're a psychopath if you say my favorite movie is Saw, but if you say I listen to Cannibal Corpse, they're like, that's disgusting. Well, this is it, is because you can close your eyes. You you really just can't shut out. I think it's just a weird misconception leave. that people have that music isn't the same as film in the art, artistic sense. Um, I think people just view it differently for some reason. Because, like, why can you have people, like directors, making disgusting horror movies like that, and yet no one thinks they're like a psychopath that people say that people in metal bands are singing about those topics yeah. have issues type thing. You know what I mean? It's It's a weird double standard. There is, yeah, and I, and I think you know I think it has to do with heavy metal itself just still being a sort of outsider culture, while right. while horror is still like a crowd yeah. pleaser, you know, like uh, you could go right. to a horror movie at nine p.m. and there's like you know all sorts of, like there might be some metalheads in there. There's you know there's a bunch of people who want to like scare you know their significant other. There's you know there's mm-hmm. all sorts of people that will go watch horror. And uh, the outsider culture of metal, I think, is still something that is like, it's like almost like not not taboo, but you know, it's like kind of misunderstood, for sure. I mean, did you did you watch that documentary on Netflix, uh, Hotel Cecil? No, Hotel Cecil. Um, It's a two. No, definitely. We actually drove to um, Skid Row and took a picture of it um, the week after watching it because we were going through that area. But the point is. There's in that in that film, which is a true story. Um, there was a metal musician who stayed in that hotel who played in like a black and death metal band, and his music was about you know killing people and stuff. And all these people, like online detectives, they called themselves type thing, literally ruined the guy's life because they said that he killed her because he's singing about murder. And hundreds of these people harassed him. And oh, like, that's he got all of his social media accounts taken down. He got taken off YouTube. All his mu- music got taken down police in Mexico came and investigated the dude and stuff for murder. Wow. And like literally just, just because of his lyrical content. Um, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Well, didn't that just something like that is happening to, Oh, you mean Nurgle? That's Brasenich. a Polish blasphemy law, um, law thing. That's yeah. A whole yeah. Yeah. He's going through some like real shit right now because it's like his like, fifth time um, being prosecuted by the Polish government over that stuff as well. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and knowing him, you know, uh, I was able, actually I did a cover story with him uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, oh really? Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, he he definitely relishes being like, you know, the sort of antagonist. You know. Yeah, I got that vibe actually. Yeah, so like, um, yeah, <laughs> you know, in some ways that I think are are really useful. You know, uh, for especially for that country. Yes. He's not like an evil edge lord where you're like, 
hey man, like how come they took all the friggin', <laughs> you know, like I don't know the the racism out of black metal, yeah, you fucking pussies, you know, like yeah. you're just like no, dude, like edge yourself off a cliff, bud. Like we're not, like you know, I don't know. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, I know what yeah. you mean. He, he's, he's getting a conversation purpose. going, which is good. Yeah, and, and challenging a country yeah. that's way behind. And a lot yeah. of it's you know, way behind. free speech. So. It kind of blows my mind that you, it's like a, a member of the European Union, but you can still go to jail for criticizing the Bible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and right. where like homosexuality is like outlawed and all this stuff. And, and abortion as well. Recently, I think they changed the laws on that, didn't they? Oh, I, don't, I didn't know about that. They did. I uh, yeah, it was a big thing surprising. last year, I think. Yeah. They revoked abortion rights that they passed a while back type thing. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm glad, you know, that uh, that he, despite, you know, his kind of like, you know, sometimes he likes, you know, stirring stirring the pot unnecessarily, but I'm yeah. glad he's at least starting some of the conversations there. Um and uh, he, I mean, that cover story was like, I just got out of, I think it was like an eight year conversation, uh, eight year relationship. And I was, <laughs> I was into like Budapest. I hadn't slept in like five days. And the, and uh, Albert was like, hey, do you want to do this behemoth cover story? And uh, I was like, well, yes, I desperately need a project <laughs> so, so that I, I don't go insane here while I'm like, you know, taking trains through Europe with, uh, with my friend. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, so that was like definitely like a paradigm shift, um, cover story for me. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to talk to this guy who's like extremely famous in this country too. Yeah. He's like, he's like, like a real rock star there. He's one of those dudes who was like a, a bit ahead of the the game with extreme metal and uh, branding with other companies and stuff. He's been doing that for a while now. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, just turning Behemoth itself into a brand, you know? Yeah, it is. Uh, it is. And that's really I, I, I hate. I really hate how many people online say he sold out for doing that. Like, dude, why are you criticizing someone for being successful as a businessman? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you don't do that in other genres. Like, no one criticizes Dre uh, Dre for making beats. Like. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like he saw an opportunity within his genre and field and expertise. And yeah. There's a weird co- like culture within metal that I've never liked that people sometimes <laughs> say people who are successful are sellouts, which I think is really stupid. There is a resentment of success, you know, that like it's yeah. longer, like if you sort of step out from the shadows of obscurity that you like sold out. And, um, yeah. And I, and I do think that, uh, when it comes to, the the phrase like being like a metal like a like a metal elitist is just so moronic to me you know what i mean like this is already outsider stuff like how how here do you need to does it need to be like there were only three copies made you know like uh, (laughs) it's just it's just one of those things that like uh i i I try to combat stuff like that you know obviously wise blood's whole whole motto is like uh you know, our, our riffs are mean, but we're not because we just want to kind of get all of the gatekeeping, all of the elitism, uh, out of, out of this music and be welcoming. Um, you know, yeah. keep more, uh, you know, get more fans coming in, kind of like make it not accessible musically, 
just make it accessible where you're not turning people away for not knowing, right. you know, like what, what was pungent stench's first album? If you don't know, you can't come to the show. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? I don't know, but I know it's got that fucking weird ass. <laughs> we done that. We weird just went ahead. And then I'm like, uh, yeah. yeah. It's like, you know what? I, I, I love fucking weird shit. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't even name their, their first one, you know? Like, but I do like. The first, ah, I, I actually can't. I just I think, know it's in my head. I think I remember it. I think it's. Um, for me, your body. Oh no! For God, your soul. For me, your flesh, or something like that. Yeah. For God, your uh, soul. For me, your body, something like that. Yeah. For God, your soul. Um, for me, your flesh is definitely. It's one of those. Now, is it their first demo? Can can I get in if I just say a title? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you let me in. Um, but you know, I want to get rid of. I want to get rid of all that. All like the fucking the rules of like. You know which bands can you like? I have no such yeah. thing as guilty pleasures anymore. Um, yeah, the 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 dudes uh, the dudes at Decibel like rip on me for liking Cradle of Filth, um, and uh, so that's like a running gag. Is that like a couple times a year? You know, Albert will send me a picture of Danny Filth just like, for no reason. He'll just send it. Um, <laughs> you know, but but I I love that we have these bands that are gateway bands. You know, they get us into you know, without Cradle of Filth, I wouldn't have gotten into, you know, Dima Borgia and Emperor and, yeah. you know, and, and just like black metal in, in general. They were yeah. a, a gateway band for me and they'll always have a place for me. So Yeah, man. Yeah, me too, actually. Them and, them and Dima Borgia are actually the gateway into black metal for me. Yeah. Which I think is a lot of people. There's no shame, you know, in that. And uh, so whenever people scoff at something I like, uh, it tells me something about them right away. You know, uh, it, that like that sort of like yeah. judgmental approach is uh, is just so eye rolling to me. Like, I mean, there, there are some bands that just genuinely are terrible that are popular. Um, sure. it's not, they're not popular, they're not terrible because they're popular, they just are both terrible and popular. Like, for me, I absolutely hate Five Finger Death Punch, and it's not sure. because they're popular, I just genuinely can't stand their music or their fan base. Yeah. <laughs> So terrible. I remember I worked with this dude and I was just like, he goes, oh yeah, I love that band. And I was like, oh, cool. So then I started playing all the, like, you know how they fucking do all the crazy What's covers, that? right? So I started um, playing all the originals and he goes like, no, but that's, uh, it would get so bad because I knew the original It's just something that's never appealed to me, like the lyrics about being a tough guy and stuff. You know, all that stuff. And like, that for me has always kind of kept me from really loving Pantera, that and the other stuff. But like Pantera is one of those bands that has some really good songs, but the lyrical content gets really old really quickly, in my opinion, personally. Sure. Yeah. I completely agree with you there, to be honest. I, I was yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a guy who's really drawn to machismo and music. Like I like westerns and shit. Like uh, you know, the sort of uh, I guess that is like the pinnacle of masculinity or whatever in, in terms of film. Um, like cowboy westerns. Yeah, like, uh, cowboy westerns yeah. stuff. Like I like yeah, that. That's great. But like when it comes to music, you know, the stuff that's like all about like machismo, like meathead stuff, is just not really for me. But I yeah. always see an opportunity if somebody's into like Five Finger Death Punch or like, you know, just like kind of into the surface level, you know, Pantera, Lamb of God type stuff. 
to be like, oh, okay, well, you know what? You might dig this other band. Like they got, you know, from there you can go to Power Trip. From Power Trip you can right, go right, to, right. you know, to Skinless yeah. or something. Like they had like really good breakdowns, you know, uh, in death metal. So I always see an opportunity to get somebody like deeper into underground metal a uh, little bit, a little bit and corrupt them, yeah. you know, until they're yeah. like one day they're telling me what the pungent stench demo was, you know, and, and then it'll, then the circle will be complete. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, yeah. I've definitely, for me personally, I've always been one of those guys in my friend group that's sort of showing my friends other stuff. Cause they, a lot of my friends are into that type of stuff. Um, and I've always used it, like you said, there's an opportunity to be like, well, well, check this song out, check this song out, check this song out. And eventually they get more, like you said, more and more into the more obscure stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I love that. I love the yep. the approach of encouragement, you know, encouraging yep. people to dig deeper uh, and to not like make them feel unwelcome. That's our whole. That was actually why Cave Dollar started. It actually started as a closed friend group for me and people that my friend Matt and I knew. And we just invited them to start, for us to share music with our friends. And then uh, it kind of just grew from there accidentally. But we originally started just as that, but for that purpose only. Yeah. And th- th- that's, that's pure right there. You know, that's basically modern tape trading, you know, is uh, yeah. people, people sending each other band camp links. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, what, there's that metal band camp thing where people go give away, you know, uh, some of the, like, the download codes and stuff. Uh, I, I love, love that. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Yep. You know, and uh, so you know, I think the community building aspect. You know, I I slip some extra tapes into my orders. You know, sometimes if somebody you know spends over fifty bucks, like I'll I'll actually buy them a download code for something that's not on our label. You know, just something that I like because that's really what it's mm-hmm. about. It's just about like making connections, and uh, you yeah. know, if somebody sees wise blood as someone who encourages that sort of stuff, you know, they're going to stick around. They're going to see what we have to offer. Um, right. So, yeah. You know, uh, someone, uh, the band Colosso, uh, I think they're out of Portugal. Uh, I got an email. I was like on their band camp Friday and they were like, Hey man, like these are five bands that I think you guys should check out. And, uh, I checked them out and like, holy shit, they're all fucking bangers. I was like, dude, like, wow, I haven't heard these bands yet. And like, I wouldn't have heard of them. I probably would have eventually found a few of them, but like, dude, thank you. Like, that was awesome. Like, he just, just like, hey, like, he wasn't looking, he wasn't like, he wasn't like, hey, man, buy my shit. He was like, check out my friends. Like, these guys fucking got some badass shit. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I will say about, you know, obviously you guys are in a bunch of groups on Facebook you know, like all the, all the metal groups. Um, and, you know, and I put up questions, I think like today yeah. I put one up, like what does heavy mean to you and all that. Um, yeah, all right. I'm sure I was going to ask you about that. I was like, yeah, I, yeah. I responded to you on uh, one of them. I can't remember where it, where it was, but I was like, I really want to talk more in depth with you in person. Than, uh, <laughs> right. Say that like, on Facebook or whatever. But I was like, yeah. I was just like, all right, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save this because I had a lot. I was like, oh, dude, that's well, like really one of, you know, I always know this is gonna happen, but one of the bands, you know, it was like the third comment was just a link to that to that guy's band, you know, and I never, I never judge somebody for trying to like hustle and get ears on their own music, 
But that to me is just yeah. a total wrong way to do it. And, you know, when, when I talk to my bands, you know, a lot of them kind of look for pointers uh, for social media. Yeah. Like if you just start a conversation and engage with somebody on a human level, eventually they're going to find more out about you, you know, or you could say, you know, some of my favorites were this and this and this. Uh, and, you know, if you like those, you might like my band too. Yeah. There's own, I always have like the one for one rule where, where I tell my bands for every one time you post about your band, post about another band too. Like, Give people insight into what you like. Yeah. You know, post like your favorite, the favorites, what you're listening to this week, other local bands you like, because nobody does this alone. And, uh, you know, the more people you can bring with you, the more community you build, people will, people will yeah. pay attention. And I just see people just spamming their links over and over and mm-hmm. over, and nobody gets engagement because, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's just one of those things where I just see this done, uh, to me in in the wrong way. And I hurt for them, but I also, you know, I can't save the whole, (laughs) can't save the whole, you know, the whole metal world here. But, uh, uh, but that's kind of some advice I would give bands is like the one for one rule. Like just, you know, build up, build up your, uh, your contemporaries, you know, talk about the music that you love and people will learn about your music. I think the absolute worst way to go about it, which I've seen a lot more of lately, is someone adds you on Facebook and then within a minute sends you an invite link to their band. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I don't even know you, man. Like, and like, yeah, ha- happens on Instagram yep. all the time to me. It's so it's so like rude. That. Like, I would never do that to a person. You know what I mean? I would never just add around a person and be like, check out Cave Dweller. Like, it's it's very rude to do that, in my opinion. It's kind of like harassment to some extent. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things because it's also a, an instant message that is that there's like kind of an entitlement to your time um, that I really hate. But uh, I try, I try to. I'm always polite when I reply. Uh, if it's sometimes I just ignore it. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's one of those things where like, man, I guess I got to be prepared this sort of thing when I make myself a public facing label rep you know yeah. I'm not hiding no yeah so it's going to be one yeah. of those things where you know I understand a desperation for for attention um and and coverage but uh but yeah it, it's yeah, I also find it kind of rude <laughs> I agree um the worst one I had was one guy added me um and within 60 seconds had invited me to like six pages and join a group. And he didn't even message me. And I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I deleted him. Yeah. And what a difference it would make, you know, if somebody said, Hey, I, I, I read cave dweller. Like, I think it's awesome. Like yeah. these are my, like some of my favorite reviews recently that I checked out because of what you wrote that all of a sudden changes the entire thing. You'll remember this person's name. Exactly. You know? Exactly. If someone message, I would never be upset if someone messages me and introduces themselves and then says yeah. that. I don't care. Like, that's fine. I run a music website. I want to be contacted by people. It's the people who add me as a friend never talk to me and then invite me to like their stuff. Yeah. Which I, that's what I find rude. It's not the conversation. I'm happy to have a conversation with anyone. I'll talk to anyone. Yeah. Um, that's not the problem. Yeah. Know? Yeah. It's, uh, and I don't think those people uh, will make it very far if that's their approach, no. you know. And I don't say that to be cruel, you know. Maybe maybe they'll no. learn. Maybe they'll listen to this 
interview <laughs> and uh and realize you know that they could they could change their approach because it's really about being memorable and there's nothing memorable yeah. uh you know about just standing length and what is it what does it matter like what does that negative no insight exactly. so uh you know I, I i still personalize every single email i do all of our pr um so every single email you guys have seen it you guys you know, you get my request, please, listen, please. Like, <laughs> please. Um, but, you know, every one of those is, is personalized, um, you know, because uh, I value I value your time and skill, and uh, and I do not feel entitled to coverage. You know, I'm just hoping to uh, to uh, persuade you to, to press play, basically. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's the, that's the right way to do it. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you guys for all your, for all you've done for underground music because you know dudes like you putting in the work have really uh, have uh, it makes a difference. It makes a huge difference to give people and bands a platform that they wouldn't have. Same to you, of course. You've done even more than we have. I mean, you got the label going. That's amazing. And you're writing for Decibels, great, which is a lot of people. So yeah, send back at you. Well, while we were talking, uh, a guy actually yeah, just man, asked absolutely. me uh, if Decibel would hire them. He just added me today as a friend. Hey man, what's going on? So, uh, I will politely respond to him in a week that uh, Decibel's not hiring, yeah. unfortunately, but uh <laughs> <laughs> and I will point him to listen to this interview. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can, um, we can just snip this part out of the interview as a soundbite and save it on our computers and send it to me. Yeah, people. yeah. Oh, God, that would be so good. <laughs> yeah, I love PSA, a PSA for, uh, for etiquette, <laughs> promotional etiquette. Yep. I'll, I'll drop it on SoundCloud as an individual track <laughs> yeah. and we can just link that to people. Oh, yeah. This is perfect. Yeah. Please, please do. I'd be honored. Yeah, twat. <laughs> anyway, um, our recording is coming to. We, we kind of have a time limit yeah. on these things that we're, it kind of cuts off recording. So we've got about ten minutes left, uh, or so, I believe. Um, just to for you to wrap up anything that you want to kind of get out there about upcoming releases or projects that you've got coming for the label. Um, now will be the time to sort of uh, mention. Yeah, that. yeah, I. Uh... So, you know, in January, we released uh, Mother of Graves. You know, we've talked about that one. Uh, really proud. That was our first release. You know, so if you like early Catatonia, Paradise Lost, you know, My Dying Bride is, I think, how this whole sort of Odyssean conversation started. <laughs> we were talking about My Dying Bride. Um, you know, their, their Mother of Graves is just a phenomenal band. Um, we mentioned uh, Vexing Hex. You know, for people who kind of like the uh, more prog-oriented uh, occult rock, you know, for like Ghost and uh, Blue Oyster Cult, um, we just released Caskets Open, um, you know, for fans of Typo Negative and Danzig, but they have that like really cool, uh, crunchy, carnivore, like hard, uh, like uh, hardcore punk sort of thing that, that kind of surfaces in these little bursts. Um, you know, that was our first international album. Um, they're from Finland. So that was like a big thrill for me because seeing Red Records uh, worked with me and they did the vinyl and, you know, I did the uh, the cassette, which is a fraction of the price uh, of the vinyl. 
Um, but you know, it was really nice to, uh, kind of collaborate with them. Um, you know, yeah, oh yeah. 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 I mean, the, the caskets open thing was big cause that's going to start up, uh, a kind of a series of collaborations I'm doing with other labels. So, uh, I, I can't cool. say the band yet, but, uh, in May I'm really, I'm reissuing, uh, a band from Indianapolis, a death doom band, uh, and Transylvanian uh, recordings, Transylvanian tapes. They're uh, they're doing the cassette release, and I'm doing CD. Um, a Transylvanian like James over there. Nice. My God, he is so awesome. Like I love a lot. Uh, I just he was a huge inspiration, you know. And when I started Wiseblood, I reached out to all these label reps. Uh, you know, some of them did labels that like burned out after a year. Some of them are still going strong. Uh, and they took their time uh, to really kind of walk me through what to expect when I start. Uh, so I really just want to like give out so much love to uh, to James from Transylvanian. Uh, Thomas Haywood at Seeing Red Records um, was huge. Uh, Scotty Heath at uh, Tank Crimes, uh, you know, who did Necrot. Um, those, those guys... Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, yeah. uh, Tank Crimes I is like out. true DIY, you know, and like uh, there's so many great labels like, you know, Dark Descent, 20 Bucks Spin. And I, I'm naming just American mm-hmm. ones, you know, but, uh, yeah. but, uh, you know, those Shadow Kingdom, you know, these, these are all run by one dude, you know, one person, uh, are basically doing these things. And sometimes they grow to have a little help. But for years, it's just one guy in like a weird dim office, you know, packing, getting fucking paper cuts, you know, because he's packaging his own stuff. Um, so, you know, those guys really uh, inspired me to, to do this. And, uh, you know, that's uh, that's kind of like what I wanted to, uh, you know, kind of share is that, you know, there's been a lot of people that made it seem possible to do this. So I'm looking forward to, you know, the next person who hopefully does it younger than me, uh, because I would have loved to have started this when I was like 26 instead of 36. But, um, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to the other people that feel compelled to put out their own music uh, or music by their friends and stuff. So it's kind of how heavy music continues, I guess. Definitely. We've um we've got some really good relationships with some labels we worked with right from the start, and it's really great getting to know the guys who run those. Um, and obviously, we really appreciate everything that they do as well. So, yeah, anyone like you who's putting in the effort to try and get underground music out there, we appreciate you guys. Um, we wouldn't be here without you guys. You know, Thanks, for us. yeah, so. I mean, it's all it's all uh, kind of eating at the same dinner table, you know, and the same like. Viking table. I just yeah. picture it's like filled with like steaming meats and mead and shit. Uh, and we're all just, you know, we've got a big boom box in the middle in the centerpiece. So, uh, you know, I, I love, I love the sense of community and you guys are contributing uh, to that in a major way. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's feels yeah. good to do it, you know, you know, we're not getting paid to do it. We're doing it cause we love it. And we, you know, just, generally really do care and, and love the music we you know put helped us through some dark times helped us through awesome times you know like music's always there and uh you know oh man without yeah, it I mean, it'd at, be pretty fucking boring at the moment we're just doing it 
out of the love of music, we're not getting any monetary value out of it. But we do have some stuff down the line we're looking at developing that I'm not going to say on this podcast because it's still in sure. the works. But um, yeah, there should be some stuff hopefully within the next year that that might spring out of this. Um, that I'll yeah, I mean, when it happens, I'll tell you. But uh, yeah, there's, there's some stuff in the works. Hell yeah, I'm I'm excited to see uh, Cave Dwellers uh, ascent for sure. <laughs> the same too. Yeah, yeah. We'll peek our heads out of the cave, or maybe we, you know, out of the cave into the swampland. I don't know. It'll be good. Yeah, same with Wise Blood. We're excited <laughs> to see where you guys go. Um, I'm sure you guys have a really bright future ahead of you. The way things are tracking. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, you got some good stuff on there. You know, like, I, dude, I like it. We mentioned before, like vexing hex. You're like that's. You know, bands like that, it's like so much fun to hear and like think about. You're like, wow, man, like I, I didn't I, I honestly wouldn't have found that band. I don't think unless I was like searching around, like looking like through your categories and you know, all your stuff. Yeah. If you ever want to uh, interview those guys, they're extremely interesting and smart and funny and uh, would be would be down for sure. Okay. Yeah, that actually might be something um, we should look at. But uh, and they're also, you know, they're possessed yeah. by like the spirit of like heavy metal or something. Is their whole thing? They're like the mortal past. So I don't really know what's going to happen on the show. That would be that would be a lot of fun to hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll reach out to you about that. Actually, that's, All right, that's a good thing. <laughs> Um, so anything else um, that you want to, to put out there before we wrap up? Uh, any announcements or anything you, that we, people should be looking for in the future? Uh, the only other uh, ones that, uh, you know, Empty Throne is a big one. Uh, Empty Throne has, you know, current and ex-members of Possessed, uh, Abbas, and Angerot. Um, they're, they're a new project, and they are fucking brutal. Like, they are so good. Like these songs are like seven minute epics of just like black and death thrash that are really ornate. One of them sounds like an old uh, Cradle of Filth song, and it's actually about a succubus. So you know I'm into that shit. Uh, so I can't <laughs> wait. Uh, I might have sent you a promo. If not, I'll send you. I'll send you, uh, I'll send you uh, another one because uh, you know you can share it with with whatever loved one would appreciate it. Uh, probably not your wife. Thank but, you. Uh, yeah, you, you sent me two codes, and I got one to bring right. here. So both of us have the broad. Yeah, nah, dude, it was great. I listened to it. Like I said, I was listening to uh, that, and um, oh, I can't remember any of the other bands, but they. I was listening to them today yeah. for dinner, and my wife is just like, it, it, you? It, "Like, come on." It is not great at all. That's like, for nah, sure. It, is, it is really like, sad. This is awesome. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. They're gonna outgrow my little label pretty quickly. Oh, it's so it's so good. you know, but I'll 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 embrace this opportunity to kind of show their EP. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, they're yeah. great. Well, yeah. thank you guys. So, thank you for having me on and, and taking the time. I I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. We we really we appreciate uh, yeah, you taking too, some absolutely. time out of your day to to chat to us, and it's always good to have someone on the show who you know has an interview background themselves uh, and makes it sort of a two, two way street, which we're not really used to. Uh, we're not so used to. So if we talk too much, no, no, I had a great time. You know, I am pretty socially starved because of yeah. the uh, pandemic and stuff. So this was uh, a lot of fun for me. 
us too. <laughs> All right. Um, so for anyone who was listening, uh, that was uh, Sean Fraser from uh, Wise Blood Records. Um, go check him out. He's on Bandcamp. Uh, he's on all the big social media platforms. You can follow them. Um, I believe most of his artists are on Spotify, if not all of them. Um, YouTube, everywhere that you can listen to music, you can find his music. So make sure to give them a follow after this. And uh, thanks uh, again for coming on the show. We really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, you guys got it. You guys rule. Cool.